The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. I make my living as an actor... Almost all of us do work for a living. But some people have strange occupations, such as making false teeth for reindeer, sitting on flagpoles, or even jumping motorcycles over the Grand Canyon. Our story today deals with a man whose business was killing. $50,000 has already been deposited in the numbered account in your Zurich bank. And an additional 50 will be forthcoming upon completion of this contract. The target must be dead within the next 10 days and he's out of the country. Who is he? General Luis Ray Saturnino. The price just went up, Mr. Jones. For killing General Saturnino, my fee is $250,000. <laughs> The Assassin was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Murray Burnett and stars Larry Haynes. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Unfortunately, violence is an ugly part of our everyday lives. Happily, most of us are only indirectly involved. But we're reminded of its daily presence every time we pick up a newspaper or listen to newscasts. Some of us enjoy a vicarious thrill by stepping into this dark and dangerous world for a few hours through books, plays, or motion pictures. I invite you to listen as we embark through the magic of radio on a journey through the torturous world of hired assassins. This is an extremely important assignment. You've heard of General Luis Reyes at Anino. Oh, yes. Presently dictator of Aragon. Exactly. It's essential that he be removed within the next ten days. As always, we've already set up contacts for you in Trobia, the capital city of Aragona, where you'll pick up your weapons. Access to the general will also be provided. Your fee will be the usual. No way. The price for killing the head of a state will be a lot steeper than my normal fee, and you know it. The risks involved here are far greater than... I it's... told you we'd arranged it so that the risk will be absolutely minimal. Yeah, on paper. I'm the guy who's going to stick his neck out in Aragona. Haven't our arrangements been letter perfect in the past? The price is one quarter of a million dollars, half in advance, as usual. Ridiculous. And get yourself another boy. Your contact in Trobia will be a senior Messina. There will be $125,000 placed in your Zurich account. Here are your plane tickets and passport. You'll note that the likeness is very good, and your name is Duncan Apple.
I, uh... I don't know very much about construction. Neither do the people you meet. You won't be there long enough to run into any trouble with that cover. You leave on a 9 a.m. flight tomorrow. Good hunting. Numbers danced in my head as I left Jones's office. With what I had already, plus this quarter of a million, I could quit. But what would I do? Business was out. The only talent I had was already being used. I put the thoughts of retirement away. As I reached my apartment, the phone was ringing. Hello? Luggage properly used and scuffed with the initials DA will be arriving at your place within the hour. The code phrase is lie detector. What? It's not as bad as some you've had. There should be a relatively simple way of introducing it into an early conversation. Yeah, I suppose there's also a counter code phrase, huh? Yes, there is. It's those things really do work. Yeah, well, let's hope for all our sakes they do. A funny thing happened to me on my way to the airport the next morning. Despite my telling the driver I wasn't in any hurry, he evidently was. And he kept cutting in and out of lanes and fairly heavy traffic. I saw the look on the face of the driver of a trailer truck he cut off and opened my mouth to warn him, but I was just a second too late as the truck came zooming up on our right. I discovered that I was going to Aragona. 
What for and why I'm headed for Aragona escapes me. By the time the plane landed in Trobia, Aragona's capital, I discarded the idea of going to a hospital and reporting my loss of memory. It was mid-afternoon as I stood at the exit gates after passing through customs, wondering whether to take a cab and ask the driver to recommend a first-class hotel. When a man approached me, Senor Appleton. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you are? Uh, Senor Theodoro Messina. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Senor Messina. How are you? Very well, very well. And you, Senor? Paul. Oh, never better. Never better. Uh, how how, uh, how are my accommodations? Oh, uh, you, Senor, are, of course, staying at my house. A uh, hotel would not be suitable. My uh, car and driver will be here shortly. As a matter of fact, I am waiting for something. Something of grave importance. Oh, uh, what's that? I wish to make absolutely certain that you are Senor Duncan Appleton. Hey, what is this? Here's my passport with my picture, my name. What else do I have to do to convince you? Take a lie detector test? Uh, well... <laughs> Those things really do work, you know, Senor Apricot. Well, I'm sure I didn't come here to engage in a discussion of lie detectors, so why don't we just... Oh, of course, of course, of course. Here's the car now, and the chauffeur will take care of your luggage. I decided to try and feel my way until I could make some kind of judgment as, as to who I was and what was I supposed to be doing. I excused myself to wash up before dinner and after an excellent meal over coffee. I began to probe whenever Messina gave me an opportunity. I uh, hope you enjoyed your dinner, senor. Oh, yes, yes, it was excellent. Excellent, delicious. I even enjoyed the candlelight of... It was just two of us. I, um... I take it you're not married, senor Messina, huh? Uh, my wife passed away five years ago. Oh. I miss her. Where's for the candlelight? <laughs> I prefer it. <laughs> uh, you are not at all like I expected, senor. Oh, no. Well, uh, tell me, what did you expect? Oh, it almost seems as if... Let me put it this way. You are less decisive than your reputation led me to believe you would be. Oh, well, that's interesting. Anything else? Yes. You seem to have no questions. Well, you know, appearances are deceiving. Believe me, Senor Messina, I have lots of questions. At your service. Yeah, in a moment. Uh, first, I'd like you to continue telling me what else about me surprises you. Everything. You know, we have a deadline, yet you display no anxiety. Forgive me, wrong word. A man like you would naturally show no anxiety. But you seem to have no concern about the safety of this house, about your contacts, or about your supplies. Oh, well, I expected you to offer me those details without my having to ask. Senor, I think it's necessary for me to do some further checking on your credentials. Well, I hope that won't put a crimp in our, uh, our schedule. In my profession, I have found it best to follow the old saying, it's better to be safe than sorry. Oh. 
You have visitors? No, no, no need to worry. He's expected, and my man will admit him. What happens now will go a long way towards helping me make up my mind about you, senor. I wondered who the visitor was. Should I know him? Or would he know me? I knew something was expected of me, but I still didn't know what. I decided that if my loss of memory was definitely exposed, I'd tell the truth. But having gone this far, I decided to wait and see. The door opened to admit a small, ferrety-looking man carrying a large package. Before the man took two steps into the room, Messina spoke rapidly. Julio, I am not introducing you for some very good reasons, which I will explain privately. Just handed the package to the gentleman and let him open it. I was conscious of both men watching me intently. I wondered what I would find when I opened the package. My mouth fell open when I saw what it contained. Two small caliber guns fitted with silences. I picked one up and turned it over in my hand. Senor... I believe these are the weapons you prefer. A twenty-five caliber Beretta, a twenty-two Colt. Isn't that what you customarily use? Uh, I, uh, uh... You seem astonished, Senor Appleton, if that is really your name. I wonder why you should be so surprised. None of us may like the logical answer to this little riddle. Messina and Julio looked at each other significantly. I raised the gun I had in my hand and involuntarily pulled the trigger. Huh. Holy mother. Did you see that, Julio? He snuffed out one of the candles. Enough. No, no, senor, enough. I apologize for anything I may have said. Please, please accept my most sincere apologies. It is said that certain skills, once learned, are never forgotten. For example, riding a bicycle. I'm not sure that this holds true with all other skills. Personally, I can assure you that this isn't so with ice skating. But evidently, it does hold true for shooting. I'll be back with Act Two shortly. sociologists are fond of using the term alienation to describe the plight of many of the individuals in today's world. The alienated individual has difficulty finding a place for himself in this hectic civilization. He may, according to the sociologists, even feel disoriented at times. The conclusions they draw is that it's terribly difficult for many people to live useful or even moderately happy lives in our present society. But consider the gigantic handicap of trying to conceal the fact that you've lost your memory. Hello. Senor Jones, this is Messina from Trovia. Yes, Senor. The scrambler's on. 
I assume you have good reason for making this call? Yes, I am deeply concerned about Senor Appleton. In what way? Well, he's behaving in a most peculiar and uncharacteristic fashion. Give me an example. First, when I met him at the airport, he seemed to be unaware of the identifying code. And now that I think of it, he may have stumbled upon the phrase accidentally. Well, that's not uncharacteristic. The senor I know detests having to use codes. His making you sweat was probably his way of getting back at me. Uh, that, uh, that is possible. But you think he's an imposter. I did at first, even though he was on the correct flight and had the code word eventually. But there is no possibility of that. What changed your mind? Julio delivered the weapons. And he shot out two candles. Well, then your concern is based on abnormal behavior. In my experience, yes. Now, he is scheduled for a meeting with Major Paranquillo this afternoon. Now, at the best of times, the Major's temper is most uneven. And with this situation and his own naked stake, if the Major is dissatisfied in any way, there will be nothing but trouble for all of us. Ah, you have a point. Well, I uh, called for instructions. Yes, yes. Um, all right. Postpone the meeting and move the entire schedule back one day and wait to hear from me. You sent for me, J.J.? Yes. You'll have to leave for Aragona earlier than we'd planned. Oh? Trouble? I'm not sure. Messina doesn't like the way EX has been acting. I don't understand. Neither do I. But I trust Messina's judgment. And if he's concerned, then we have to take some action. Along what line? On assumptions. First, what could cause EX to behave strangely? We know he doesn't use drugs, is sparing with alcohol, and has no personal attachments. Therefore, we have to assume that perhaps, somehow, he's discovered our master plan. If EX knows the whole deal, he'll blow everything sky high. Including you and me. Me, definitely. And I am not going to live the rest of my life knowing that EX is gunning for me. Exactly. Now, let's assume, as we must that EX has somehow discovered we've sent him to kill General Saturnino, to put Major Barranquillo in power so that we can gain control of the new mineral deposits discovered in Aragona. Well, that's only half the deal. Granted. I'm assuming that he also knows you're going to be in Aragona and kill him for the Major, thus punishing the foul criminal who murdered the General and sweeping the major into office in a tidal wave of popularity. It doesn't change anything. Except the date of EX's execution. Now, you'll leave for Aragona immediately. You will ambush and kill EX before he carries out his assignment. But then what about the general? You will also kill the general and enlist Messina's help in transporting the body of EX to the general's office so that you have a corpse to prove your heroism, and then you'll give the credit to the brave major. I don't like it. Why not? First, because EX will be suspicious of me. I just went through that with you. He may know, 
But he doesn't know that we know. There's no reason for him to suspect we're going to change our plan. So you say. But I trust EX as much as I trust a cobra. Which is why I suggested you ambush and kill him. Fine. And then I have to keep the body on ice until we set up a meeting with the general and kill him. Then depend on Messina not to cross me and bring the body to where we want it. I will admit the plan has more people in it than we like. But do you have an alternative? I'd made a discovery. It only frightened me. I could handle a gun. I still had no idea who I was, but the evidence was inescapable that the job I'd been sent to Aragona for had something to do with my ability to shoot. After the shooting incident, Messina had politely told me that my important appointment had been put off till the next day. I strolled around Trobia thinking that perhaps if I'd been there before, something would jog my memory and give me a clue to my identity. I came to a rather attractive sidewalk cafe and decided to sit for a while and think. Senor, mm-hmm. may I join you? Oh, please. Uh, may I order something for you? Thank you. A Campari and soda. Well, that sounds sensible. And now, tell me why. <laughs> why I ordered a drink? No, why you asked to join me. Oh, because you are obviously a stranger. Because here in Trovia we pride ourselves on our hospitality. Because I was also alone. And because you seem like the kind of man who would interest me. If I said someone like you, then we would be back to square one, so... <laughs> What's your name? Elena Nunez. Where'd you learn to speak English? In school. Here in Aragona. English is taught along with our native tongue. Do they also teach you to pick up strange men in cafes? Oh. Now you are being rude. Well, I'd rather say direct. I think I shall leave you and pay for my drink. No, 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 please. If uh, I offended you, uh, put it down to the fact that I'm uh, I'm just not myself today. <laughs> you find that amusing, not being yourself? Uh, no, it's uh, it's a private joke. Don't you have any? Oh yes, but my big one is personal. Well, aren't all private jokes personal? I suppose. Anyway, as I said, I find you sympathetical, and so I will let you in on it. In Aragona, most girls are brought up to marry, to learn how to please a man and find a husband. But I wanted a career, and I got it. Well, where's the joke? <laughs> if you turn your head and look at that large, empty space across the street, you will be looking at it. Well, I, I see the empty space, but it doesn't make me laugh. I study to be an architect. I am an architect. Being a stranger, you can't possibly know that General Satsuni knows. Oh, well, do you know who he is? Oh. From his pictures plastered all over town, I take it he's your president. Exactly. Well, his dream is to erect a palace of culture in that vacant space you're looking at. And he ran a contest for architects. I won. 
Well, congratulations. But I still don't see the joke. Well, at the moment, there are no funds to build this palace. So I started looking for another job, and everywhere I got the same answer. We can't hire you because you're shortly going to be starting to build a palace of culture. <laughs> so you see, you win, but uh, still you lose. <laughs> sort of a bitter joke, isn't it? Mm, ironic. <laughs> now tell me, what is your business? Uh, it, it's, uh sort of confidential. You're an American, I can tell. Where do you live? You know, you ask a lot of questions. But how else do you get to know about people? Well, don't I get to ask any questions? Uh-huh. You know all about me. Well, all but the <laughs> important things, like where you live, whether you have any family, what makes you laugh, whether you're a night person, a day person. And also, you don't know that I read palms. Uh-huh. And you're good at crystal ball gazing, too. No, no, I'm serious. Give me your hand. Okay, I'll go along with you here. Oh, this is an interesting poem. Now look at your headline. And this, this is your heart line. Mm -hmm. Now you see how much stronger the headline is? That means that your head rules your heart. Hmm, you're single. You've never had a really serious illness in your life. You have strong feelings but you keep them well under control. No? Fine eyesight, good manual dexterity. Well, (laughs) how's that for a start? (laughs) Fascinating. (laughs) You doing anything today? Not a thing, unless they've started building the palace. (laughs) It doesn't look like it. But what about your business? Don't you have... No, not until tomorrow. Look, where do we spend the rest of the day... Getting better acquainted. I couldn't remember when I had enjoyed myself more. Of course, I had to warn myself that I couldn't remember anything, but Elena was marvelous company. We walked and talked. And by the middle of the afternoon, I knew only that I liked this girl very much. When I suggested that we find a place where we could eat or drink something, she took me to a secluded courtyard. Hidden from the street was a delightful outdoor restaurant. We sat, we ate, we talked. And finally we fell silent. Elena looked at me. You seem to like me. When are you going to trust? I suppose I have to tell someone then soon. You see, I, uh... I've lost my memory. I don't know who I am or what I'm doing here. For how long? Well, the last thing I remember is being in an automobile accident. I found my passport and airplane tickets to Trovia. My passport said my name was Duncan Appleton. And I have no reason to doubt it. And when I got here, I was met at the airport and taken to the house of a Senor Messina. Do you know him? The name is familiar. Well, I thought maybe by talking with him I'd get a clue to my identity, but so far nothing. Well, you're staying at his house. Doesn't he seem friendly? Yeah, friendly, but not simpatico. 
Now, what I need desperately is to bump into just one person who knows me and understands, can help me by recalling incidents we both know. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you told me. And I wish there was something I could do. Well, there is. Have lunch with me tomorrow. Same place where we met. You have a date. Hello. It's me, J.J. Go ahead, Colleen. You came in on the scrambler. How are things in Trobia? Cloudy. It seems that EX developed amnesia as a result of that automobile crack up on the way to the airport. Have you seen him? No. Well, how'd you discover this? Thanks to you putting Elena on him. It's in her report. She spent most of yesterday with him. Then we can rely on its accuracy. I feel certain we can. EX doesn't know you, does he? No, no, he's never even seen me. We uh, deliberately kept it that way, you'll recall, because we always felt he might become expendable. But this presents a whole new set of problems. Not really. It only calls for a new set of solutions. Now listen carefully, and I'll tell you how to proceed. The 17th century poet John Donne ended a famous poem with the lines, Nowhere lives a woman true and fair. This sentiment certainly seems to apply where Elena and her relationship with a man who believes he is Duncan Appleton is concerned. But women have been known to change their minds. I'll be back shortly with Act Three. Most of us have in our travels at one time experienced the feeling of being a stranger in a strange land. Sometimes the feeling can generate a sort of pleasurable excitement. But it must be pure horror to be in that position and to be a stranger to yourself, a man who's lost his memory, which is what's happened to Duncan Appleton in Trobia, the capital city of Aragona. After my day with Elena, I slept better than I had since I arrived in Trobia. At least now I had someone to share my secret. I looked forward to seeing her at lunch. But when I came down to breakfast, seated at the table was a man I'd never seen before. He seemed to know me. Good morning. I don't recommend the bacon, but the eggs are excellent and the coffee superb. Ah, good morning. Well... Since you don't seem to know me, uh, let me reintroduce myself. My name is Killane. J.C. Killane. I'm Duncan Appleton. Uh, what, what did you mean, reintroduce yourself? Well, we're colleagues of long standing. Only you don't, don't remember me, do you? Oh, I'm sorry, but, but I... Uh... Don't, don't apologize. I know you don't remember anything before that smash-up on the way to the airport. How, how do you know? Very simply. Senor Messina wasn't entirely satisfied with your behavior. He called our boss, uh, Mr. Jones. Does that ring a bell? No, I'm afraid not. Well, don't let it concern you. I'm here to help you. 
Now, Jones guessed that perhaps you'd taken a blow on the head that had temporarily blanked out your memory. Now, he sent me down to check. Now, sit down. Enjoy your breakfast. With my help, perhaps you'll soon remember everything. Well, I uh, surely hope so. Now, first, your real name is not Duncan Appleton. It isn't? No. You are E.X. Kyle. The E.X., I believe, is fictitious. Your sardonic way of identifying your occupation. Which is? Executioner. Now, wait a minute. Wait just one minute. Why should I believe any of this? Take a look at this, please. Just a card. Oh, a little more than that. You'll note your picture in the upper left-hand corner and a number of dates and some figures. Yes, yes, I, I can see all that. Well, this is a record of your employment with us. And who is us? Who am I supposed to be working for? These figures on the card represent the amounts paid for various assignments. I mean, these will jog your memory. You see, the date of this latest payment was only four days ago. $125,000. And what's the plus for? Uh, that's the first half of your fee. When you complete the assignment, you get the second half. <sighs> I, I'm sorry, I just don't remember any of this. Okay, okay, let's keep trying. If you look at your passport, you'll see that your occupation is listed as a contractor, a man who puts up buildings. That's the way you'll be presented to General Saturnino. The name ring a bell? Well, I know who he is, that's all. He's your target. Uh, these are the architectural plans for a palace of culture. It's a pet project of General Saturnino's. You'll be admitted to his office with Major Baron Kilo, the uh, general special aide. Inside the plans will be whichever gun you select. You simply draw the gun from the plans and shoot the general. Baron Kilo will take you to a private door leading from the general's office. It goes directly to the street. There will be a car waiting for you. Your escape route has been arranged to the last detail. Now, does this recall anything to you? I'm sorry, no, no. Hmm, too bad. But you remember what I just told you? Oh, yes, vividly. Oh, good. That should enable you to get through your meeting with General Baron Kilo, which has been set for tomorrow morning. If, uh, if I make a mistake with the Major or the General, you'll be unemployed. And in your business, the compensation for unemployment is death. I went to keep my luncheon appointment with Elena. I wasn't happy with what Colleen had told me, and I certainly couldn't reveal it to Elena. She was waiting with a smile, and giving some coins to an organ grinder's monkey who was hopping about on the terrace while the organ grinder played on the street outside. Oh, look, Duncan. He's a perfect little gentleman. Isn't he adorable? Yeah, it's very cute. I think I'll have a carafe of wine. Do you prefer white or red? Whatever. Isn't it a beautiful day? Uh-huh. Are you angry with me? No, 
No, it has nothing to do with you at all. You have found out something about yourself. Look, let's not talk about it. Oh, oh look, here comes a little monkey again. Have you any change? I gave him all mine. Well, just wait till I pour my wine and... Senor, take care. Senor, the wine. He loves it. Oh, 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 You have come to Serbia to do. 
And they are the people who employ you. Well, I seem to remember they also employ you. Oh, yes, yes. Say anything you want about me. Only believe what I am telling you. Why are you so suddenly concerned about me? Because I... I fell in love with you. No, no, don't say a word, please. Just listen. When I first was told to meet you and find out about you, it was just a job. And then you were so obviously lost. I, I just couldn't help it. Well, you know it is true because you feel the same way about me. Why didn't you tell me then? Because I thought we were just two of a kind. My plans for the palace were chosen because Major Valentino arranged it. I love you, believe me, believe me. I almost wish I could. You are to be taken to the general's office by Major Valentino. There, you will shoot and kill General Santonino. Then, you have been told by the Major, he will take you to a private door which leads to the street, to safety, and a car will be waiting. But not for you. Killane will be waiting behind that door, and he will kill you. And then, they will take your body back to the general's office. Killane will leave as you were supposed to. And then, the Major will give the alarm. You were an assassin and a loyal aide of the general, and he killed you. Well, do you believe? I believe you. It is you they are going to kill. Okay, what do you want me to do now? Run away. You don't run away from Mr. Jones, not for long. Now, just let me think. Let me think. Yeah, yeah, that just might work. At least, it seems to be the only way. Oh, well, tell me. No, no, no. It's better that you don't know. And then if anything goes wrong, you really don't know. Look, meet me back here in two hours with your passport and just one bag. And make sure that you're not followed. Where did you get to? I wanted to know how the meeting with the Major went. You were out, so I ran an errand. Well, the uh, meeting go okay? Yeah, yeah. It went fine. Kalane? Hmm? You see, I know who I am. I've regained my memory. Great. Then there's no need for me to go over the uh, execution plan again. No, no. None at all. Because the general isn't going to die. You are. Wait. <laughs> Yes? It's for you, senorita. Oh, thank you. My darling, a beautiful lady once read my palm and told me that my head always ruled my heart. She was right. This way. Saying goodbye, only one of us is doomed. I love you. Believe me, as you said, you loved me earlier. And so I give you the only gift worth having. The gift of life. Please live it happily for me. In his farewell note, 
E.X. Kyle told Elena that his decision not to meet and run away from her was a decision made by his head, not his heart. I think it was just the reverse. An affirmative act of love. We might quote from Dickens and say it was a far, far better thing he did than he had ever done. Giving up his life for the woman he loved. I'll be back shortly. I believe it's generally held that women, as a whole, are more romantic than men. A very wise man once told me that the opposite is true. And as proof, he gave this example. When a man sees a policeman, he thinks of authority, hated or not, of all the majesty and penalties of the law. But when a woman looks at a policeman, all she sees is a man in a uniform. Something to think about and argue, I do believe. Our cast included Larry Haynes, Marion Seldes, Earl Hammond, and Jackson Beck. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.